You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm guest hosting David Lyons out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. So as you can hear now, episode 24, Mike's still, um, yeah, he's still up and about. So um, he's left the trail of the McRib now. Um, he went to Atlantis. No, wait, Atlantic City. I always mix those two up. They're so similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's gambling a hard-earned Patreon money away. Um, I hope he's getting more back than uh, he's investing in it. But we will see. Uh, you know him better than I do. Uh, how good is he at gambling? Well, I assume, you know, he, he studied math in uh, university. I assume he's just counting cards in blackjack. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it's, right. it's a sure thing. And right up until they break your legs. Yeah, so we got David here. Right off the bat, let's start with our weekly title update. So we got that out of the way. Um, Tyler have introduced, has introduced, have introduced, I don't know. Um, they have introduced a family plan now. Um, yeah, they are more and more like aligning with everything everybody else does. Um, like every competitor does. Um, so it's like this. You sign up, you pay the regular price. And for everybody else who signs up from your account, uh, he's just saving or she's saving 50%, uh, from both the normal plan and the premium plan. Which is basically the same thing I've heard that Spotify is doing. I haven't used it at myself. Um, I don't have anyone to sign up for this. <laughs> but yeah, the problem is that nobody can really com uh, compete with Apple Music when it comes to this. I mean, they've had this thing where um, I think that you're paying $15 and six people can sign up. Well, and, and this is the thing is, so if you and I were, we're family and you sign up for 15 or $20 on title, and then I get to sign up for just $10 on title, that's not a family plan. That's a referral credit. Like that's right. Right. Cause I'm not getting out of anything. I'm not getting anything out of having signed up with you. Yeah. I just used your name. I like, I showed up <laughs> at the club and I was like, yeah, I know that guy. And they're like, oh, come on in. Yeah. That's how it works today. Um, well, we'll see if that works out. Maybe this is the boost the title needed. Um, I don't really think so, though. <laughs> That's a really... This is it. It's like everybody's <laughs> like, oh, five bucks. Oh, okay, now now it's Finally, different from this. everything else. I mean, um, and also they... In in June, they uh, introduced this thing that Spotify, Spotify is also doing where you can sign up as a student or at least if you have an EDU address and then you can sign, uh, sign up for, I think, half the price also. Uh, yeah, Spotify also does that. I don't know if, I don't think Apple's doing that, right? Apple doesn't no, do that. No, th they've kind of phased out a lot of their student facing stuff. They used to do like 10% off laptops and software, and I think even most of that's gone. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's a streaming service. So why like i mean i want the best price possible but branding it as a family plan and i mean this is not just true of title this is spotify and, and anybody else who does it like this like what am i getting out of this so like with apple music and i don't know this but let's just pretend with apple music if i sign up and then uh, you sign up and we're on the same family plan can we like share playlists easily like can we privately collaborate on stuff that we don't have to I make public I don't think there's any um, functionality that that is a bonus from that. I think it's just 
the price. Uh, there, there. Yeah. I don't so the, think there's the any more this, interconnection between the accounts that way. The, yeah. Then the term for this is referral credit. Like we already yeah. have a name for this, <laughs> and it's referral credit, which is still cool. I mean, I want things. You know, if everything would be free, that would be just fine. But I don't know. If branding it as a family plan just seems odd. Like that doesn't describe what this actually is. Yeah. Un- unless I'm just missing it. No, I, I think that's just the thing. They they want to sell it and referral codes. I mean, if I hear, hear the word referral code, I usually think of all these. Um, I think the best example, does it still exist? Lockers, where everybody signed up at one point and you were promised free stuff for just being on the website and everybody's trying to get everybody else to sign up through their referral code. It's like the, the biggest uh, avalanche of um, referral codes I ever saw in, in, a, in a public forum when, when Locus launched back, back then. But I feel like there's so many... I mean, I even made the corny analogy of like, you go up to the club and you tell the bouncer, you came with your friend. Like, there are ways you could market referral codes that are more music-centric, like... You know, yeah. w- when you show up to title with your buddy, your buddy gets in at half price. Like that's way cooler than like when you show up to the the club with your mom, your mom gets in half price. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel. And I mean, again, uh-huh. you know, Spotify did this first and, and, you know, Apple music, but Apple music is branding. It is more like, yeah, you pay for your household and then everyone in yeah. your household gets in. And even if there aren't any, cool like collaborative things or sharing things it's still at least the branding makes sense to me yeah and and as mike said i think two weeks ago um what i was about to say um there's there's a higher barrier of entry because there's actually a credit card um like uh linked with that and you can't just say well i I couldn't just easily join your family right now um like i could just use your referral code for for spotify so it's not right. really the same thing so and in effect apple is doing uh yeah they're, they're actually doing a family plan where well, we're just speaking about this it's, it's words it's semantics <laughs> um what they're all doing is not a family plan except for apple music so uh, i don't know yeah <laughs> i <and> guess <laughs> i've i've had this discussion with mike about uh anything that you're you're buying that's digital like i Amazon does this right. So if I buy something on uh, Amazon Prime, like their, you know, video or music or whatever, or a book, you know, my wife is on my like family account. So she can also see my books and videos and anything that I bought and vice versa. I can see her stuff. So that means because we live in the same house, like I don't have to buy two copies of a a book we both want to read, just like you wouldn't have to buy two copies of a physical book. But with a streaming service, it's kind of like, well, it's unlimited a la carte from the internet like i don't own any of this i'm just paying for access to it it's kind of i don't know it's like at the end the money all shakes out and it's the same thing but the the verbiage makes it sound dumb yeah but it's title it wouldn't be title if it didn't sound dumb (laughs) so i i'm gonna try and pronounce this is this is it ratatat tat or just ratatat did i throw an extra it's just ratatat so tell me about your song yeah, so this weekend I, I, I wouldn't call it an experiment, but I, um, so I woke up on Saturday and I had a song in my head. So every once in a blue moon, this happens that you just have a song pop in your head. It's done. It's like, uh, okay, I just have to record this and I'm finished. Uh, these are usually the best songs and they happen about once a year. So this time I just woke up and this song sounded that I had in my head. It sounded exactly like a song Red Attack would do. 
and they were about and they're about to drop a new album this week so i thought well let's let me let me just record this and put it up on youtube and everywhere and um i was promising some of my followers any uh, a new song anyway and so there i was i just sat down for five hours recorded the song and it 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 sounded pretty close to a Ratatat song. I don't know if you've ever listened to Ratatat. I don't think so from the way you tried to just try to pronounce the name. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to play two samples here. One is my song and one is a Ratatat song that I think comes pretty close. So, so I uploaded it. I put as the background image. I took the album cover of Ratatat's new album Magnifique, and um, kind of just drew it in, um, in 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 Photoshop. Just a badly drawn version of this. So if you look at them side by side, mine looks awful. It looks shitty. I'm not an artist. I'm a visual artist anyway. And uh, yeah, I just put it up on YouTube. Just I don't know. Every once in a while, I checked uh, if there was any more views. And so uh, today I got home from work and I got a copyright claim on my YouTube channel. Oh, it's so you did by, like a really good job aping them. Um, apparently, yeah. So <laughs> it was by Beggar's Group, the the parent label of their label. The copyright strike, I actually got a screenshot on my laptop. I'm going to put that in, my show, in, in the show notes as well. Um, it actually said copyright notice because of the sound. At first I was thinking, okay, this could be the sound and this could be the artwork because, I mean... It it looks the same in the, in the thumbnail. I could I could see how they would argue that it looks the same. Well, the point was that um, I I disputed the claim. I said this is my original composition. There isn't even a sample of Ratatat in there. Like I just mimicked the whole sound from guitar to bass uh, to, to kick to kick drum to the little kick drum punch that they have in the sub bass area. I don't know. I just fucking love their sound, so I know it by heart. Um, and I. So I disputed the claim and then I got a message like, yeah, please shoot us a message at YouTube at Beggars Group. And I got a person there and she told me that, yeah. Um, so they, they told us that this seemed a bit misleading and they can see that this is my own song. Um, I don't know if they just blindly flagged everything that just had the album cover in, in the, in the, or something that looked like the album cover. But, um, apparently it looked, uh, real enough that they flagged it for the sound and it told me magnifique full album like i was streaming the full album and um in in in, in between that i got really paranoid of like did i really just channel their album did i mean i listened to it once before and like on the side i just i was doing something else and i was like did i just is there something in there that that's actually by them i i, I completely forgot and i listened back to the album but no no this, this is original and in the end it's just turned down that i I should now uh, change the title, and I already did, <laughs> to explicitly say "inspired by Ratatat." Now, now, um, just before that, the title of the video was not "This is a song by Ratatat," <laughs> and it's official and leaked. This was not the title. The title, the title was just "Magnifique Secret" because I called the song like that. And um, I think later on, I added after the the first uh, copyright claim, I added to the title "Not on the New Ratatat Album," but. Um, uh. <laughs> See, and th this is what I've heard about these YouTube c 
copyright claims is that it's it's all robotic it's all automatic so a claim gets sent to a rights owner and says like hey you know we think we found this thing that matches something you own and it seems like they just automatically respond with like yep that's ours so there's just it's like a vacation autoresponder on the email that's just like yep it's ours yep it's ours that's definitely ours and then maybe if you're lucky a human gets around to actually reviewing it and i mean this is this is a problem with music like there's a limit to how unique music can sound if it's within the same genre yeah to to their credit they responded really quickly and i think it Actually, though, I think it actually said that it's, um, you, you will be able to see it in a screenshot that it was flagged manually. And, really? Um, so this wasn't an, an algorithm because, I mean, the song doesn't, sa- it's not a song by them. The fingerprinting doesn't work by the similarity of the sounds. Otherwise, every cu- uh, pop country song on YouTube would be flagged by the same artist. Huh. Um, <laughs> it's just, um, so, so we got this thing, these things sorted. Uh, she was very nice. Um, we just chatted a bit and uh, I told him, I told her to send those two guys. So Radatat, my regards because I am a huge fan. I didn't really, I really honestly didn't want to pull any shit with this. It's just, I had a song. It sounded like them. Hey, let me put that up. Um, I don't know. Let's see what happens. And, um, I mean, it got sorted out, but it was kind of nerve wracking for half an hour in between those emails. Um, thinking so the, about maybe and now I'm going to get a cease and desist or something. The person who contacted you worked for the production company that that represents them. So, I mean, does it, uh, yeah, for the parent label of the labels. I mean, she must have gotten some kind of notification or, or something, right? Like, did uh, unless she's just a subscriber to your YouTube channel and was like, yeah, I love this guy's stuff. Oh, man, he ripped off one of our bands. <laughs> like, I mean, they're. <laughs> There has to be either she's she listens to your stuff or someone in her office listens to your stuff or there was some automatic step. And then once a human got involved, the human was still fooled. I think it's just because that the album is going to be released in, in a week and it's streamed on NPR and some other site. So officially streamed there. And I guess just people started uploading their stuff on um, on YouTube. I actually got the mail here. She she said somewhere in the mail that um. There have been a lot of uploads of tracks, so it's nice to see an upload which isn't one smiley face. So um, <laughs> there was some fun to be had. Uh, as I said, there was no harm or no damage done, anything. It was just a little experiment of, um, I mean, it, it. I guess somebody was fooled. I mean, you listen to this and you think this could be Ratatat. I mean, I played it to, to one of my coworkers uh, this morning in a car and he thought it was a Ratatat song, uh, which is kind of flattering. So um if you ask me, they, they just thought it wasn't original. Um, I'm just going to go with that story from now on. <laughs> well, I listened, so I grabbed a, uh, a clip of, of Ratatat and had it playing quietly in my headphones while we've been chatting. And like, I, I'm not, uh, like a loyal follower of anyone because I found it makes me not get all upset when a band crashes and burns <laughs> somewhere in their career. Oh, the feels. Oh, God, it's so horrible. Just so many friends were like heartbroken, like, oh my God, so and so broke up. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, I, I actually really enjoy this kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if I've heard a bunch of their stuff before on streaming radio services that I just set to like electronic <laughs> background music and then not even known. Cause I'm, I'm definitely uh, I've given up on the thumbs up, thumbs down on radio services. I've been burned too bad by Pandora. Cause you start giving too much stuff, <laughs> thumbs up and thumbs down. And then all of a sudden it only plays like three songs just over and over and over. 
So now I just let I let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, so um in the end it it, it was kind of win-win. I mean, I I changed the title, so um it's it's really clear now. It's really really clear that this is not a song by Ratatat and this is not on the album. And at the same time if you are searching for their um for their YouTube uh on uh, if you're searching on YouTube for Ratatat Magnifique for the new album, um they are now in the process of deleting all the others that actually uploaded their tracks, which means I'm slowly rising to the top <laughs> and actually I'm at the first place soon where when you search for the album, you're going to get my song there. Um, I think this is a win situation. So do you have ads turned on for this video? Cause you might be able to make a few bucks over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I actually did. Um, I don't know. It's probably not going to amount to much, but um, I I'd switched them on some time ago just for the few cents that I sometimes get from that. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I I did it mostly because um, when when my fiance's channel kind of exploded at some point, um, we reacted really slowly in turning on ads, which means uh, he. I don't. I wouldn't say lost, but there was a month of revenue that he could have gotten, and he didn't. So that's why we're just now okay. Let's 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 put on ads. Um, even if something, whatever, if this goes viral, uh, we are we're safe there. Yeah, there's some MBA term for that, like uh, unrealized revenue or something, where it's like you didn't yeah. you didn't lose money, you just didn't get the money. Get which, it? Which yeah. I suppose, if you're a bean counter, is equally bad it's like ah dollars <laughs> lost forever yeah but please ex- explain that to music execs and uh, how piracy <laughs> is is not the same as stealing but we're going to get to that later with david getter um yeah so this was my little ratatat story um if anything happens anything else happens with this song or um i don't know I, i'm not gonna think that i'm gonna get any press of this um especially now that the title is pretty clear that this is not ratatat nobody's going to mistake it um but if you are running a huge music blog, feel free to mistake it for an actual <laughs> Ratatat song and write an article about it. Well, and I assume you'll put a link to this video in the show notes so people can go and right. compare by themselves and compare. Yeah, I'm going to put. Yeah, I'm going to put the Ratatat song that I think sounds closest to what I did and my own song in there. Yeah, I guess you're not a multimillionaire, as far as I know, so I doubt you're going to get taken to court because there's. Nope. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of blood to squeeze out of that turnip, right? Nope, nope. I'm pretty much <laughs> broke, so <laughs> they can take my guitar, but that's it. Oh no, that's that's the thing you gotta like be hugging, left alone in the street with nothing else. Like they didn't get my guitar, they didn't get old. What's your guitar's name? It doesn't have a name. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't have a name. Now it's, it's just the guitar. The it's gu- like any any cat I would ever have. I'm just going to call it cat. Um, that okay. That's fair. It's it's good to just not get attached in case something happens. <laughs> like fourteen years later. Yeah. All right. So we got we we got some more stuff to complain about. Um. So this is this is what I call do, uh, Chrome extension developer versus YouTube. So there is a Chrome extension called Streamers. I've, I've actually never heard of this before. I read this uh, thread on Reddit. Um. The the too long didn't read of this is basically so some guy developed an extension that kind of uses youtube as a music player in the sense that in the early version you would just get the audio like anything you would need if you're using youtube for your audio um audio streaming uh yeah wishes i don't know you're just using the the player as as audio in the background and that's it i mean anybody could do that with youtube you can make a playlist and keep it in a tab and that's it 
So at one point he contacted YouTube just because he wanted to be in the clear. He wanted, uh, he, he kind of noticed that he was kind of violating or in the gray area there with the TOS. So, um, he wanted to go clear. So he contacted Google and then there was a big back and forth along, like, I don't know, across four months or so where, all the time they're being like, yeah, well, this one feature, you can't do that. And then he's working his ass off to get this feature fixed in a way that it's appropriate to their TOS. And then they're finding something else that's not, that's not okay. And at some point it, it goes to, to this thing that they're saying that when you're using his extension to play the music and the player goes into the background, the player should stop playing the music or the video in that sense. And he's basically saying, well, Anywhere you embed a, a YouTube video, you can just pull it, put it in the background, and it's going to keep playing. Like anywhere, even on. I mean, even I think um, it doesn't do that on Android. But on when I still used my iPod, you could uh, start a uh, YouTube video, leave the app, and then start the audio back from the home screen and just listen to the audio. And I think it still does that. So he was kind of complaining that uh, YouTube were kind of hypocrites in that sense that everywhere you can just put the player in the background but he's not allowed to for some for some reason and um so this has not been resolved yet it looks like they're going to pull his stu- his extension or they actually have pulled i don't know it let me let me actually actually check this well this so, is so while you check in the the web store this is i always feel like this is a tough kind of problem because Yes, I, I think not on Android unless you pay for the YouTube Music Key Plus Plus Pro Play All Access service. Family uh, plan. Exactly right. So unless you pay for that, you can't do YouTube video in the or audio uh, in the background. Um, I think on iOS, it's a little bit different. On the desktop, obviously, you could just have as many YouTube tabs running as you want, even if you're not looking at them. In fact... Chrome actually added a feature to tell you which one of your tabs is playing audio when you're not looking at it because that kind of thing happens all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, they're very aware of this since they've now made a way to pay them for it. And this is where I think it gets a little sticky. And I'm I'm not trying to be a Google apologist, but they don't owe anybody anything. So if somebody says like, will you do this? They, I think it's well within YouTube's rights to just be like, yeah, we do. And we're saying you can't because we don't have to be fair. We just do, we're a business. We can do whatever we want. Now, I don't think that's a good idea to do long term, but I mean, really, if they just wanted to say like, they have all their right to do it. Yeah, exactly. They could say, you know what? We have a way to sell this and we're not going to let you do it for free. So if you don't like that tough crap, like that's, that's totally within (laughs) their right. I don't think it's a good idea though. So for him to be falling all over himself to being in compliance with their terms of service and them to be continually coming back with, you know, BS about like, oh, well, it doesn't do this. And then he fixes it. And they're like, oh, now it doesn't do that. And then he fixes it. That's that's where it gets kind of crappy, where it's like, yeah, YouTube, you may technically be in the right legally, but you definitely don't have like the moral high ground. You're just being kind of crappy about it. Yeah. And the thing is that halfway through this conversation, um, they they kind of hit on Plug DJ, some other service that apparently has 2.5 million in seed funding and employs five uh, five and more people. That um, some feature that he did, like he, he did some, um, I don't know, HTTP header spoofing. 
why ever he did that but uh, he needed to do it for technical reasons and the thing is that they complained about this in some way and he said that they are also doing it and you're not complaining about them and they're just saying that yeah the fact that you found another company doing the same thing doesn't make it okay to also exploit it um yeah same argument as you just said they can pick and choose it's their right uh it's it's not yeah it's a dick move but the sad thing is they can yeah and i i I don't know i think this whole space is very weird right now and there's a lot of disruption and and confusion because for a very long time we had this super stable way that humans bought music right you either paid by listening to ads on the radio or watching ads on like a vh1 or an mtv station or you paid money and then you had access to an ad-free copy that you could play pretty much whenever you wanted, as long as it wasn't a public performance and all that kind of stuff. But now, I mean, I feel like people talk about this all the time because there's such a generational divide. Like neither of us, you and I are that old, but I have never used YouTube as like a radio station. Like I've I've listened to individual songs. It just feels wrong. It feels weird. Like I just don't think of like, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to turn on this video player and then ignore the video and just listen to the audio. And I mean, I don't know, like something about it just never really occurred to me as being necessary when there are so many (laughs) other ways to just get audio, you know, like if, if I wanted to buy a pie plate, I wouldn't go to a bakery right and buy a whole pie it's like oh i just wanted the plate so i'll just scrape this top part into the garbage yeah and i mean it's in in some parts uh uh, you're still i mean i think in the u.s you still have a lot of people who have data limits every month um they they have to actually count every megabyte that they are using um I, i i wouldn't do it actually i mean I can just stream whatever I want through YouTube, but even then I feel like I'm wasting bandwidth streaming video that I'm not actually watching. Yeah, definitely. And the audio is, there's a really good chance it was uploaded by somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. So the audio might be compressed and distorted in like noticeable ways, not just like fanboy ways, but like actually, (laughs) you know, because I mean, if you use like Windows Movie Maker to export this thing, they're not windows movie maker is not designed for studio quality audio so you're gonna get something like i mean you can but probably the defaults are not as good yeah right and i feel like the kind of person who's like i'm gonna put this new album up on youtube is not thinking like and it will sound great right (laughs) they probably stop (laughs) i will do a two-pass encoding in in variable bitrate no he's just hitting export yeah exactly after hitting save five times and noticing that it only saves the project file instead of the actual video uh yeah, so for all of those reasons, I don't totally understand the YouTube yeah. as radio thing. That was why when they announced like, oh, we're YouTube music key and you're going to be able to watch all these videos. And I was like, oh, my God, do people still do that? Like, I thought we had decided, you know, VH1 and MTV were dumb. And that was why we didn't sit around and watch them anymore. Like, why yeah. would you want to pay for access to music videos? I'm not saying I've never seen a music video I enjoyed. I'm saying I've never seen a music video I would pay money to watch. <laughs> yeah. 
and and just getting a little bit back to to the legal thing about this and trying not to get too much into flipping tables territory i think this is just something we have to expect now that more and more services are just building on top of other services i mean we've seen this with twitter everywhere like every app that you try to use to connect to twitter uh, as having problems with user limits and i think you're just going to run into more problems the more you just rely on your mashup being yeah r being run on other people's platforms uh, you just have to rely on them to to be okay with that and if they're not okay with that yeah um i know you you are i, I wouldn't say freeloading on their stuff but uh yeah you actually are you're using server cycles using bandwidth um they are well in their right to to just uh close the door on you in that Well, and several people in here point out that the, uh, I guess, Google YouTube uh, representative that the developer was talking to admitted that the reason the apps weren't streaming through the API calls he was making was not the developer's fault. And a lot right. of people are acting like, therefore, it's okay to use this stuff for free and redistribute <laughs> it. And it's like, no, if Google doesn't have a way to monetize this, that's way more reason that they would shut it down like that doesn't yeah. that doesn't just mean like oh i so forgot to lock the door it, yeah yeah i forgot to lock the door to my house so i guess you can steal all of my stuff like that's not how that it works tends to work so i'm i'm but i mean again this is reddit you know there's yeah this is like entitlement nation yeah they're still coming down from that all, all um alan powell thing um oh god maybe they're all still riled up with their pitchforks um, before we move on to the next thing, I just saw here upcoming AMAs, Reddit. So July 16th, they're going to do an AMA. So expect some follow up next week. I'm definitely going to post uh, the song to them and see if they react to it. July 16th. That's three whole days from now. I, I For sure, Reddit will be shut down between now and then. All the users are going to leave. Um, what, what's the other alternative called again that's getting DDoS right now? Oh, vote vote it's v-o-a-t vote <laughs> yeah i don't know the whole owning a community platform is hard i mean it's totally outside the scope of this so we don't have to get into it but i uh i don't think reddit's going to die suddenly i think it'll be a slow burn just like every other community that's ever died so well dick uh went pr went down pretty quickly but yeah <laughs> let's not get into too much into this <laughs> i feel like they did something particularly egregious though i can't remember what it yeah, was yeah and it's mainly because uh, i don't care because those people just relocate to another bar and continue their conversation yeah All right, so sandwiched in between this, just a short non-news article. So um, we found this saying that Facebook was actually planning to do a music streaming service. And shortly afterwards, Facebook has denied doing that or ever thinking about it. And that's it. Um, next thing here. I do. Can I say I really love <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> the picture of Mark Zuckerberg that they chose for this article where he's just kind of like, sad and contemplative and i mean he's got mm. an ear microphone on like a lavalier mic he's obviously up at like their their f8 you know uh presentation <laughs> but he just looks so forlorn like it's, it's like oh we we heard facebook's gonna do a music thing oh no 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 mm. we're not no uh, no <laughs> is there any advantage yeah. they could possibly have by launching their own thing instead of tightly integrating with like spotify or apple music or something else no No, <laughs> no, good to clear. No, good, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> They just uh, should stick with the advertising and data mining and 
everything and their internet project in there. But we're still, all right, we're going to <laughs> flipping tables. It's hard not to go into flipping tables. Every time I hear your voice, it's about tech stuff. Yeah, um, I just, I'm one with that entire part of the world. Yeah. And so, as usual, we have a streaming service quality comparison. The Verge did a comparison. This is time it's a video, not an article with a thousand pull quotes. And um, spoiler alert, the results are a complete wash and people can't tell. Like we always do, like we always say on this show, um, you really can't tell apart the 320 kilobits per second MP3 from the flag uncompressed, especially on regular headphones. Well, so there were two comments out of this video because it's not that long. They, they did a good job of putting visual information on the screen with pull quotes so that it didn't have to be like a 20 minute video. But oh, and they did auto playing, which you verge don't do that. Um, But I noticed that at the you should set your flash to to not start it uh, automatically. No, no. I mean, when the video was over, it just started playing another video. Ah. I was like, don't do that. Yeah, that's a shitty thing to yeah, do. Yeah, this is not a television station. I don't need you to just keep delivering content to me. Um, <laughs> but there, so there was a. I'll tell you these quotes in opposite order that they happen. So at the very end. Uh, the guy, he's trying really hard to be objective and just say like, I don't know, the data was inconclusive, but he holds out the headphones that they used and he's like, you know, maybe it's the headphones we used, but these are, you know, like average quality headphones, which just to be, you know, coincidence, they're actually the headphones I'm wearing right now, like the Sony MDR 7506, I think. So yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny that he was like, oh, these are average headphones. And like, these are like industry standard mixing headphones. Like, get off your high horse there. But he, <laughs> he, he did kind of pull it back and say, like, if you are listening on a home like hi-fi system and you have super awesome speakers and you equalized everything yourself, then like, yeah, maybe you can tell the difference versus if you're listening on like crappy Apple earbuds on your iPhone while you're walking around, then You almost definitely cannot tell the difference. And my argument, whenever anybody starts to get into that nitpicky thing, harkens back to an earlier quote from like the very beginning of the video. One of the guys, he's he's holding the headphones and he's looking at them and he's like, maybe I'm just not familiar with the uh, the dynamic range of these particular headphones or, or something incredibly snooty like that. And I just wanted to say... You just confirmed that this is a hundred percent subjective and that there is no objective difference because if your system at home is EQ'd in a way that you like and it wasn't EQ'd by the guy who mixed the album, then that means you're not hearing it the way they intended. Therefore, you need to shut the hell up. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh my God, to say like, well, I like Beats headphones because they have a lot more bass. It's like, then you don't want to hear it the way they intended. You want to hear it with the bass turned up, which means streaming lossless doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Which is perfectly okay if you want to do that. Exactly. That's what I don't understand about this. Like it, it confuses the hell out of me when people are like, oh, well, I want to hear it the way the, you know, the original band intended and the way they intended with their production team. And they recorded it in a room that was made out of all antique wood and it gave it a really warm sound. <laughs> But then I listened to it on these tiny little earbuds with really low volume so that I don't get hit by a car while I'm jogging. And it's like, uh, Do you really not understand where your chain of quality broke down? Like it's, I, I just, I don't, I don't get this. Like I have never heard this kind of discussion around video. Like, have you ever heard someone say, 
like, oh, well, I, I only watch in a perfectly dark room so that I get the theater experience that the, the director intended. Like, that's not a thing people do. I mean, I guess some do, but you don't do it all the time. I mean, sometimes I listen, I, I sit down and really focus and listen to music. I put up my headphones and I listen mostly when it's, when it's, I get a new album and I really want to, want to experience that. But other than that, no, it's going to be playing from my four, five year old Logitech speakers, which sound pretty shitty, but I've gotten used to it. I know how it's <laughs> supposed to sound for them. And it's okay. I'm not going to complain. And I stream uh, through. I mean, I get I get the high quality stream through Spotify. But even before I did, I I didn't complain. I just I didn't care. I, as long as it doesn't go be below 128, which is usually the point where you can actually hear a difference. I don't I don't give a damn. No, just just play me whatever. Yeah, and I so I didn't give much of an introduction for myself up front musically, but I. I dabbled in a couple instruments. I never got very good at anything. Um, I was in choir and like show choir for years. So I, I have more exposure to being a musician than I would say like the average American probably does just because I stuck with it for, for quite a while. Um, but even like recordings of, of choir music where you have these super highs and these super lows and it's backed by an orchestra. So there's this very rich range of instruments. It never occurred to me that there was like, one true way to hear that. Um, I mean, like I'm, if you can't tell from my speaking voice, I am an alto soprano. So I really like to, you know, dial up the highs and the lows because I feel like those extremes mix together in a more interesting way to me than the mids. But I would never say like, Oh, well then I'm not really listening to the music because that's not the way they intended it. Like I'm listening to it. I don't care what they intended. I want to hear it. Yeah. And also another quote from the video that stuck out to me was um, one of the women saying, I think the second one, so she was comparing the three uh, versions that was being played to her. I think the second one was the best one. The bass was really pronounced, which for me, once again, confirmed this whole thing of louder is always better. And especially if the bass is louder, it's always better. And as I just said, if that's the way you want to listen, that's totally fine. Um, I personally dread when there is an overpronounced bass i really really don't like this um i also when when we play concerts i don't like it even if even if it's the kick drum that i'm playing myself i don't want it to be that <laughs> loud um I, but i guess that's just personal preference well and i feel like it's it's not it's personal preference but it's also genre influenced yeah. like I right. have you know if i'm listening to choir music like a an a cappella gospel choir I want a really rich bass because there's no other instruments like that kind of is the floor upon which the rest of the chord is standing. But if I'm listening to, you know, like classic eighties rock on the radio, I want to be able to hear like the shredding guitar in the lyrics, which is more up in like the mids and the highs. I don't want just like this thumping bass line underneath because eighties bass lines were just bum, 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 bum. And it'd be boring as hell. Like, so it, it really matters, not just on the person's taste, but then the the context in which their taste is being applied. Like, this is not as simple as, like, our bitrate stream has more bits in its bitratey bitness, so therefore it's better. Like, it's it's more complicated than that, and it's way more subjective than that. And now we're going to get a bunch of yeah. hate tweets and email from people who are like, no, I can hear the difference. Uh, we've been doing this for so many episodes. I, I think they just unsubscribe and... <laughs> yeah maybe so we're just That's building it. an echo chamber of like-minded <laughs> people 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and if you're th still thinking about, um, well, I do want to listen to, to my music and I've got this great stereo at home, but my stereo can't play Spotify. Well, there is now a solution, um, probably one of many, but there is now another solution for you, the gramophone player. And I thought at first when I just, just read the title, this is the gramophone. I thought, okay, this is probably somebody who actually built a gramophone that, I don't know, streams something or encodes something. Or, I mean, there, there were at some point these vinyl, uh, these, these record players that had a USB out. So you can, uh, like record your actual vinyl. Um, I want to, I would just wanted to say discs. <laughs> um, your, your, uh, what are they called? What you call a them? A record? A record. Yeah, sure. Um, where you could actually record your vinyl records onto your computer. And I thought, okay, this is not this thing for, for a gramophone, but you look at it and it's pretty obvious that it's not. So what this is, is, is just, um, like a, a small device that you, you plug. Of course, you need some power, you need internet, and then you plug it into your stereo and then you can control Spotify or whatever streaming service they, they are compatible with. And you can use your phone as a remote and just play anything. And I think that's cool. It looks kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's this typical mini minimalistic design. It's dark. You wouldn't notice it if, if, if you were at someone else's place that it's actually there. Um, well, let, let, let me, me tell you, price point when this. I, it's, it's 59 pounds or 59, uh, ah. euros, I guess. Yeah. Euros. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you when I saw this link in the show notes, I was like, oh my God gramophone it's this is going to be like a digital way of recording gramophones and it's going to be crazy yeah. and then when i saw what it actually was there was like this massive sigh of relief that it wasn't some crazy <laughs> hipster like we made a keyboard that's just like a typewriter so you'll be an even bigger asshole when you go to starbucks to work <laughs> on your movie story but this is the thing about this is it first off i feel like there are already devices that do this so they and they're aware of that. They know that they're not first to market. So they're kind of hinging on the fact that this device is a little bit cheaper than some of the other devices that do similar things. And they kind of play up the social like, oh, when your friends come to your house, they can also control what crap gets played over your $200 Radio Shack speakers. Effect. Exactly. And and that's I don't have a problem with any of that. I don't know how often that kind of stuff actually gets used, but I it's fine. Whatever. Social playlist building. My problem with this is I don't know most people that would get so much out of this that they would buy multiples. And if you watch the video or if you look on their website, it's really obvious that they want you to buy a bunch of these because you have like a Bluetooth speaker that's in your kitchen. So you have one plugged into that and then you have your awesome hi-fi that's in your listening room because who doesn't have one of those? So you got to have it hooked up to that. And then you have like... <laughs> You know, the shower head in your bathroom that also plays music. So you have it plugged into there so that you can listen while you're in the shower and you can play different stuff in different rooms at the same time. Or you can make them all play the same thing in sync so that there's sound throughout your house. I just don't know that many people who care about that because, I mean, one, you got to have the disposable income Two, you've got to have a giant house where you can't just turn your stereo up loud. Right. Well, the two of those usually coincide. Yeah, um, well, that, that's true. I mean, I just have a two two room apartment here i got my speakers they sound they blast everything i mean my my downstairs neighbors probably can hear my music he probably heard that ratatat song all day on saturday <laughs> but i mean think like if 
even you know i'm i'm in a a, a house that so that you know we have a bedroom my daughter has a bedroom we have a living room and a kitchen like it's a normal little like suburban family house but chances are if i'm like blasting music strictly for myself i'm not listening on anything except headphones like i'm not going to just walk around like tell everybody else in the house like hey guys i hope you're ready to listen to uh you know this chiptune music because i'm just gonna be playing it while i do Wait, chores you don't actually want to play bill gates and walk through your house and have the music follow you everywhere you go you don't want to do that if i had a house the size of his i probably would <laughs> but chances are if i play i mean first off i don't even have a stereo i haven't owned a stereo in like years but if i was blasting it like on my laptop or something it would not only would it sound like crap through tinny laptop speakers but I'd be able to hear it from everywhere in the house. Like I don't need 10 different <laughs> devices that are, are doing this. So I don't know, maybe if I had like a pool deck or something. So I had like inside speakers and outside speakers, but that's still, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think most people look at this and they're like, I'm the target audience. I identify with this product. And then there's like the two in the, this video you linked to, it's so like, you could tell they were kind of trying to keep their production values down. There's the two, there's like the woman who's using it. And then like when it gets to the social part, like her friend comes over and they like awkwardly hug in the doorway. And then they're like <laughs> laughing and smiling in the background while they're pushing their iPhones to get new songs onto their gramophone. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. It just looks so cheesy. I don't know anybody who actually cares about this. No. I'm going to I'm going to tell you if I see anybody who owns such a thing. You know, I I will say the Chromecast social thing. I have actually done that. I have actually sat around with, you know, friends and like taken turns throwing videos into the YouTube playlist cuz you know, then we all sit there together and laugh, but I don't need to be able to be in the living room and like send a song into, you know, the bedroom where like my wife is sitting. Like that just seems really champagne I, problems i sometimes do that from from uh somewhere in in my apartment that um wh when lars is in the bedroom he's i don't know working on some painting i just throw something on the chromecast just to just troll to, him to, <laughs> just to troll him right <laughs> usually it's just some youtube poop that i found so that is like a whole marketing angle these people are not taking where they're like <laughs> make your siblings or your family hate you by throwing crap onto the TV on actually, the room they're in. I actually have a story for that. Uh, the other day we were at his place and the downstairs neighbors there he had um so so somebody wanted to print something on the printer and they've got a, a network printer with bluetooth and everything. So somebody went there with their tablet and wanted to print something, turn on bluetooth and noticed, okay, does somebody of you have a Beats pill? No, that must be somebody else in the house. Ooh. Well, let me just start up Spotify and play <laughs> something at midnight at full volume. And we heard it. And <laughs> it was um, followed by loud steps. Uh, the music was shut down. We were hiding. <laughs> and we felt like 14-year-olds again. I So is Bluetooth not more secure than that? I thought you had to do like a pairing at both ends. Apparently not. Um Probably if you set it up, um, you don't want them to start having to pair your device using some kind of pin code or QR code or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I guess if the Beats speaker doesn't have any kind of buttons on it, like if everything is controlled through the smart device that you connected to it, then maybe there isn't a good way to pair There's it. There's no chance to do anything yeah. yet to look at. Huh. Yeah. Now, I'm whenever I'm in a heavily populated area, I'm going to check Bluetooth and see if there's any speakers <laughs> around. I was just somebody's headphones, somebody's Beats headphones that 
uh, that he's just turned on but hasn't paired it, uh, himself yeah. yet with the with the cell phone. He can be a little bit quicker and intercept the connection. Man, I used and to just follow him around. I used to see guys on the train all the time wearing those. If I'd only known the opportunity that was presenting well, itself. Well, now you know. So, listeners, if you do something like this, please report back to us. Please keep trolling the Beats headphones, listeners. Um, so, David Getter, I put this in quotes, endorses piracy. Um, we've heard this argument many times before, and now David Getter is coming up with the same argument. It's basically saying that I don't really care that much about uh, piracy because... Um, People are going to, they're coming to my concerts and it's, it has been statistically, um, yeah, I guess proven that people who pirate are also people who usually still spend a lot of money on music. So it's not like, as we said, it's not like, uh, the, the, what, what did they call it again with the NBA? Oh, a, uh, like lost revenue stream. Yeah. Like, oh, these are purchased every time someone pirates the album. Those are purchases that we would have had. And it's like, no. Yeah. It's not true. No. And the thing is, then there's, there's always this little asterisk to it. The thing is, David Getter is stupid rich. He doesn't have to care about it. He, he's already done this thing. He can just keep doing music for this rest of his life and nobody has to buy it. And he could still do a living from other things and like doing live shows. He's already at the top. Um, I can see where he's coming from. And I'm kind of the same mindset myself. I mean, I put all my music up there for free. You can listen to all my stuff for free. You don't have to pay anything to download it, to have it anywhere. Um, but I still would find it kind of nice if I get something every once in a while, just as a little bit of kickback. And I know that I'm not going to get big. I'm not, I know that I'm not going to get David Getter big. Um, the thing that I'm trying to say is just think of the little guys. Just because David Getter says it doesn't think, uh, doesn't mean that it applies to every other artist. Yeah, I mean, I have kind of mixed feelings about this because I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't create music to put out there, but there are other things that I produce that I would be happy to get paid for that I give away because I'm not planning to use them as my livelihood. So, I mean, there, there's two like prongs to, to how I feel about this. One is, I think it's been proven, like you said, that if people are engaging with your stuff by stealing it, then that means that there's an even bigger audience of people that are, that are willing to engage with your stuff and pay for it or support you in whatever way, you know, like if it's pay what you want or Patreon backed or something like that. So I, I think even at small scale, that probably still holds up. The difference is it might not be enough for you to live off of, right? Like if he's a multimillionaire living off of sold out shows, he doesn't have to sell any of his music because he makes enough to live off of from just his shows. So, I mean, there's a whole like bit of weirdness there that's happening. But then on the other hand, I've also always had this, this issue and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to piss some artists off when I say this, but like <laughs> it was not until the relatively modern part of history, like maybe the last I don't know, hundred years, like going back to like the early 1900s that celebrity became this attainable dream that people, particularly in America, were like really striving for. And I've always found it like a little disingenuous when somebody's like, yeah, you know, we weren't making any money. So I stopped making music. And I'm like, so you just wanted to do it as a job. Like you don't love making music. You just wanted to do it as a job because 
if you weren't willing, if you won't sit alone in a room and play the guitar or play the piano or sing in the shower for free with no audience just for yourself, then it was more about the income. And here's the thing that bugs me about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like if the, if the thing you want to do for a living is play, you know, rhythm guitar in a blues band and you want to be able to earn a certain amount of money off that to have a certain lifestyle, like that's fine. You don't have to be ashamed that that's how you want to make your living, but don't act like, man, I'm in it for the music. And it's always been all about the music because that doesn't, you don't have to be this like angelic purist of, of art. Oh, rant over. Drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, drop the mic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure that I'm I'm completely out of touch, and and lots of people will tell me why I'm dumb and wrong. <laughs> well, you will hear that the next episode's follow up. But for now, <laughs> let's uh, jump straight to our pick of the week's picks of the week. Um, this time, Mike didn't send in his pick of the week. Um, I mean, last time you could hear a, uh, an audibly. Um, tired and exhausted mike after he ate his third mac rib um, <laughs> we didn't want to bother him this time so here's just ours here's just our pick of the week um i think you should you should go ahead first because uh, you can pretty much set the mood with uh, both of our picks of the week yeah so uh you and i were both gamers in addition to the many other facets of our personalities and um there's a, a very sad event just uh yesterday um the president of Nintendo, Iwata, uh, passed away from cancer and he was very young, you know, he was very beloved. It, it's all very sad. So, um, I was like, I'm going, he was instrumental in, in making the earthbound, uh, game happen. One of my favorites game from my childhood. So I was like, I'm going to pick the, the closing, um, song from the, the end credits. And, uh, I made a huge mistake to my morning happiness because, one, mm -hmm. it is a really good song. Two, I went all nostalgia goggles over it. Three, there's a part at the very, very end when the music drops away. And remember, this is Super Nintendo era music. So the music drops away and the only three words in the entire song, the rest of it's all instrumental. I miss you are spoken. And I was just like hands over my face, like <laughs> at my desk trying to keep it together. But it's a really great song. And I mean, he, he wasn't a composer, but the game only, you know, the game needed a soundtrack because he helped make that game exist in the first place and set the tone of what the world was going to be like. So it's, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's like five minutes. You should definitely listen to the whole thing, but you know, let's, let's hear a piece of it. So did you get a, a chance to listen to this? Yes, I did. Um, I've actually never played the game more than a few hours in. It was pretty hard and I wasn't in a place where I could actually really invest the, the proper time. Maybe I should one day. I found the song fascinating. There was I, I recognized all those little sound fonts from, from this era of where the same kind of sounding instruments were used in other games. It was like like a collage of all of those together. And um, especially for some for some reason, the, the the drums when they set in, they they have a really uh, interesting sound to it because they they sound so apart from the rest of the song. Which is, I mean, you're using pretty simple synthesizers, and then you start with it. Sounds like it's a sampled kick drum, 
even though it's really basically sampled, uh, sampled, and it has this slapback delay, just like the kick drum in in, in Secret of Mana does. Mm. And um, I, I kind of was really listening to the to the drums, and every time the drums left, it's like, oh yeah, this is wow, okay. So um, even though I didn't have this much of a background with with Earthbound, I can totally get where you were coming from uh, in the way that it kind of. Um, yeah, destroyed your morning happiness <laughs> um, after listening to this song. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, the whole soundtrack to that game, I think, is really great. And uh, something about it that is, it's it's a little more apparent, like when you're playing and you're kind of in the world, is uh, there's a lot of like natural sounding kind of sounds, particularly in the percussion and and the super high range where it's like car horns and what sounds like trash can lids, like going hard onto a trash can because the game takes place in a very normal seeming modern, yeah. Yeah, modern world. So there's a lot of sounds in the music that are, they're synthesized, but they are very reminiscent of like normal noises. You might just hear walking around the town that, that, you know, the game is set in. Yeah. What about your, what, what sad pick of the week did you come up with? I actually didn't pick a very sad song. I did pick something from the Nintendo Super Mario franchise, which is Castle Black from Super Paper Mario, composed by Naoko Mitome and Chika Sekigawa. Um, it's not a sad song. It's just, um, from, from this game, this is all I remember, honestly. Um, the, the game was pretty, I mean, it, it's, it's a Nintendo game. It's always fun to play in Nintendo, but it didn't really stick out that much to me. There was a lot of patterns going on where every time you, you entered a new level, you were, you kind of already noticed that, okay, there are three doors. Um, I'm probably will have to enter the last door first because that's where the key is for the second to last door. So it, <laughs> it were all of the, it, at, at, at some point it seemed like a drag to play it, but, um, there was this one level, Castle Black, where this music started. That doesn't really sound like the rest. I mean, there's a lot of chip tuny things in there. I mean, there's uh, Paper Mario. Yeah, has this distinctive art style, and the music fits to that. There's this one song that sounds really chip tuny, and this is Castle Black. And before I speak any further, I'm just going to play a little sample of the song right here. So did you get a chance to listen to it or did you already know it before? Uh, so both. I'm, I'm, I got a chance to listen to it and I also, uh, I played through Super Paper Mario, I don't know, a few years ago as like a, a re-release. And the thing about this, the whole soundtrack that's amazing is the graphics are like blocky and, and paper crafty and materially. They don't feel cheap. And yet the 8-bit music somehow fits in really well like it's well it's not 8-bit it's probably 16-bit but it's it's like it it fits in in a way that's somehow like nostalgic but new at the same like it's it's it just fits the world so well and i i hadn't played this game in in many years since i played it the first time and so when i listened to this i was kind of like oh but now hearing you talk about it is (laughs) is getting a little redundant maybe i should just leave it in in my nostalgia file (laughs) yeah yeah probably um, yeah, the level design visually perfect, but uh, as I said, like the routes you were supposed to take through the levels, 
it always seemed like you were forced to do backtracking if you just always entered the first door that you saw. And at some point I was like, oh, I can see what you're doing here and I'm just <laughs> going to take the shortcut. Um, so yeah, um, I, I really love the sound of this. Um, I, I usually don't really listen that much to chip tune. But um, yeah, I mean, this isn't this isn't strictly chiptune. I mean, there's a lot of sounds in there that, that are not really just eight bit sounds and all that. But um, I just found it very pleasant there, and especially like from the composition. So it's actually a very clump, complex song. There are very weird time signatures and uh, very weird rhythms, and it's just I, I like analyzing this stuff. And um, I, I like if I have some song that I can come back to and, and find something new every time, like something that the composer thought of. Oh, so this is the pattern that I had in mind because I was always listening to it in, in another way. And the rhythm, I always thought that it was pronounced in another way. And then I suddenly it clicked and I I kind of try to get into the mind of the composer. And this is one of those songs where you can actually always get back to and find something new in there that you can think, oh, oh, this is nifty. I, I didn't even hear it before. Well, I, I mean, at the end of any kind of story arc, whether it's like a television show or a movie, or in this case, a, a video game, um, I think this song does a really, because this is like the last place you go. Yeah. And I think the song does a good job of pulling in a lot of short themes from throughout the game to kind of give it yeah. that like, hey, this is the culmination of everything you've been doing. Like, And if you've been gaming for a long time or if you're big into film, I think those little audio cues help set you up psychologically for like yeah. the, you know, the concluding action of the story. I've got it playing really soft man in my headphones right now. And I'm kind of like jamming out over here. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> so as always, you can find all those songs in our show notes and also in our Spotify and Apple music playlist. And with that, that was episode 24 for Bits and Pieces. Um, yeah, those show notes, you can find them at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 24. Um, while you're there, if you haven't already, if you're just always listening to the, through the web player and you want to listen to us on your morning commute, just subscribe to us using your favorite podcast app. Um, finally, I've got some someone here who's also using Android. So which kind of app are you using? I use Pocket Casts. I use it on Android and actually they have an awesome web player that I just started using. So I'm, I'm all in on Pocket Casts. So there you go. Best of both worlds. I'm using Podcast Addict. And if you are using an iPhone, you already got an, uh, a, a podcast app. Uh, otherwise, you can just use Overcast. But um, so you can subscribe, you can give us feedback. So um, just tweet at us. That's the perfect uh, platform for something like this. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. Where can people find you, David? Uh, people can find me at Lions in Beta. And uh, I think next week, Mike will be back doing this show a proper job. So you can find him at Medwards Music. Oh, I think you, you did a fine job. Oh, well, thank you. It was It was a pleasure to be here. Also, you can become a patron. Just head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot and you can find some way to, uh, to support us there. And one of those things actually rewards you with getting a shout out on the show. And with that, special thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. See you next week. <laughs>